Welcome back to Moving Forward with Young Voices. Hey, we're happy to welcome Caleb Franz back to the show. He's the program manager with Young Voices, also the host of a wonderful podcast called Profiles in Liberty. Caleb, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Brian. It's it's good to, to speak with you here. Good to catch up with you again. And, um, you know, congratulations. I know your podcast is doing well. You're still you're writing a lot. You are out there uh, putting a lot of good content out. And yes. I, I was looking at your article on RealClearWorld.com. Who shares the blame in Afghanistan? And I thought this could be like a multi-volume series. <laughs> that sounds like there's a lot to yes, it could. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's uh, really, if I wanted to get into it, obviously I was a little bit constrained to the limitations of, of an op-ed, but uh, obviously if I really wanted to get into it, that could, uh, that could just be indefinite really. <laughs> so let's, let's pretend that, uh, that our listener has recently emerged from a cave where they've been sitting with their eyes tightly shut and their hands over their ears. And they don't know a lot mm-hmm. about what's happened uh, recently with Afghanistan, like in, in the last few months, bring us up to speed, just kind of walk us through what's happened. And then we can start talking about where the blame uh, may rightly be assigned. Right, right, absolutely. Well, after um, obviously, you know, going back, uh, the the withdrawal in Afghanistan kind of sends back to President Trump, and I think that both he and uh, President Biden. This was uh, I was a little bit surprised with how committed President Biden remained, uh, and with with keeping with the the uh, withdrawal. Um, because he was always someone who I kind of saw, especially through the, the Obama administration, not really the kind of guy to really be too pushy. I mean, yeah, he's he's said that he would you know withdraw the truth, but he's always said that. You know, you can find tweets from back in 2012 about how we're going to bring the troops home by like 2014. So this just sounded like the same old song and dance to me. Um, but to my surprise, he remained. Uh, actually committed to this. And then, uh, obviously, some issues went down. Uh, the, the Taliban overtook the country within like two or three days. Uh, they started uh, hunting down all the interpreters that, uh, that helped us, you know, throughout, uh, throughout the duration of the war. And all of these just terrible worst-case scenario things started to happen. Uh, some of this, admittedly, uh, was inevitable. There was not going to be, and, and this is something that, that President Biden uh, highlighted a little bit, there was never going to be a clean, so to speak, withdrawal. There was always going to be some sort of a conflict. Uh, but the manner in which the withdrawal happened and, and the extent of the conflict uh, was largely unnecessary. Now, a lot of people, um, I've, I've seen a lot of people, including governors and senators and, and congressmen and media pundits, all go around saying about how this withdrawal was too hasty and how that's the reason why, or or even just saying that this withdrawal uh, or any withdrawal would have ended in this uh, manner because we needed to be there for a stabilizing presence or, or some 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 rhetoric like that. Um, and, and that is just not frankly the case. Uh, we, there's nothing hasty about, and this is kind of the point that I make in this article. There was nothing hasty about the Afghanistan withdrawal. We've been, we've been in there for 20 years. 
for uh, four presidents now. Uh, President Bush back in 2006 said that the days of the Taliban are over. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it was not. Uh, President Obama, you know, had uh, he, he he that was like one of his big campaign points was that he killed Osama bin Laden. So everyone was really excited about how, you know, the the Afghan war might finally come to an end. And then, of course, it didn't. And then President Trump uh, had a lot of talk and he actually had uh, had somewhat of a plan to bring it out. Um, and then. Uh, It just didn't happen by the end of his term. Uh, President Biden kept up with that. But if 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 we had all of this time to to uh, try to plan and prepare ever since really since President Bush, you know, we've been in in Afghanistan since we just hit the 20 year anniversary of 9-11. We've really had all that time to, to devise of some kind of a meaningful exit strategy. And the people in the Pentagon, who I think a lot of a lot of individuals, both on the right and the left, kind of see as this sacred, holy cow that cannot be, you know, you can't say anything bad about them. But really, a lot of this blame I put on them because these are our military experts. Uh, if President Biden wanted a, a good, solid withdrawal, he should have just simply told them, like, this is what we need to make happen. Now go and make it happen. Now, I am hearing some rumblings. I'm wondering if you hear them, too, that uh, notwithstanding that America has pulled its troops out of Afghanistan, that we may be turning around and heading right back because it's so destabilized. Now, granted, that's coming from, you know, people who are more hawkish, Bill Crystal and, and the like. Is there any credibility to, to rumors that uh, we might just do an about face and send them right back in? You know, I, I that that is a little bit of a fear of mine. I don't think it's because that we should do that, but I, I definitely think that because of the way the withdrawal was handled, um, that it almost seems like you know this is exactly uh, what what would happen if if uh, if you wanted to maintain the war the the war to go on as long as possible. That um, this is the kind of withdrawal that would need to take place because. Because there there was no real semblance of of any sort of exit strategy. So now with the Taliban um, taking over the control, really, they have more control today than what they had back in 2001 of the entire country, uh, largely thanks to to the work that we have done. Um, so do I want that to happen? Absolutely not. Uh, but is, is that something that, that might end up happening? I, I, I'm afraid it might be a possibility. Yeah. I think one of the toughest things for me personally, and this is just as a citizen who, you know, watched our troops go in 20 years ago and, um, understand that, uh, you know, it was in response to the nine 11 attacks. It was a time where Everybody, I think, felt the need somebody's going to have to pay. And since uh, the government of Afghanistan was refusing to hand over uh, bin Laden at that time or at least demanding to see proof, you know, it it felt pretty justified. Over that time, though, Caleb, I've reflected that uh, all that time spent, all the personnel who've been involved, the trillions of dollars that have been spent on equipment, the deaths, the injuries uh, to Afghanis as well as U.S. personnel – I'm not one whit freer or safer than I was when, when they first went in. And, and that to me seems no. like we got, we got a negative return on that immense inve- investment of blood and treasure. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people um, kind of look at that and say, well, we need to stay in until we can find some reason to say, like, this was a victory and this was a, a success. But at some point, you really just need to look at things and say, like, look, we've got to cut our losses because throwing more lives, more money. And, and you know, we've that's I think uh, something a lot of fiscal conservatives kind of overlook is just how much how much money we've just thrown away in the toilet uh, and added to our debt because that because we didn't have a clear, proper uh, strategy of what success is going to even look like and how do we obtain that? Uh, and then how do we leave after we achieve that success? Uh, you know, this is something that uh, a few years ago or maybe even a year ago, the Afghanistan papers by The Washington Post uh, uh uh, released and and kind of revealed that there was no plan the entire time from the very beginning. And I think that's really being highlighted uh, through this withdrawal. And I, I don't think that enough people are demanding accountability. Obviously, the buck stops at the president. Clearly, yes, I, uh, I agree with that. Um, but there has to be some level of accountability for those who have been and seen been in the Pentagon and seen this war from its conception to its end for just how much of a debauchery it's been. And 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 I think a lot of people are a little bit, you know, they they, they don't want for either political reasons or whatever reasons they may have. They don't want to you know touch the holy grail of, of our, our military officials. But those are the ones that we need to hold the most accountable and, and hold to the highest of standards. Isn't it crazy? I mean, he's been dead for 10 years, but bin Laden was largely correct when he said mm-hmm. that uh, he wished to draw the U.S. into a, a war that it could not win, that would bleed it and would, would essentially break it economically. And, and that's, that's exactly looking like what he, got, he got what he wanted, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, Afghanistan has always broken the empires. Uh, Alexander the Great to the Soviet Union, uh, the British Empire. And now we see here in America, it's happened the same way every single time uh, to some degree or another. It's never been able to be comparable uh, and and we just need to realize that that we can't we can't govern these people in, in that way. All right, Caleb Franz is program manager with Young Voices, and he's the host of Profiles in Liberty, a wonderful podcast which you should check out. Caleb, thank you so much for visiting with us today. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. It's been a blast. 